Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our website are for free, so enjoy those on us. That is freetalklive.com. Got some interesting numbers, interesting statistics to start things out tonight. The... This is a survey that is done, I believe, on a yearly basis, and it is uh, done by the First Amendment Center. And what they do, I mean, you might, as you might have guessed, the First Amendment Center is pretty concerned with freedom of speech and that sort of thing, uh, and speech-related issues. And so they, they ask Americans uh, a variety of questions in regards to speech and religion and, and press and the press and <laughs> Americans understanding. The right of the people to peaceably assemble. Right. What they uh, what they the questions are usually based on is trying to determine what the average American thinks about freedom of speech, how they interpret uh, the Constitution and mm-hmm. that particular amendment and what it means to them. You know, how well did they learn about the First Amendment when they were in, for instance, government school? And according to USA Today, most Americans believe the nation's founders wrote Christianity into the Constitution, which they didn't. Are you kidding me? Most Americans believe that. And people are less likely to say freedom to worship covers religious groups they consider extreme, a poll finds out. And uh, again... So, like, a religious freedom does not cover Satanists. Or Muslims. Or... Okay, I guess if you consider Muslims extreme. I don't, extreme. but some Americans do now for obvious reasons. Okay, well, I would think Satanism sounds pretty extreme. Perhaps uh, the Druids or the Nobody Wiccans... Nobody talks about Satanism anymore, though. Satanism isn't the scary... The uh, scary religion du jour. Today. No, it's not the bugaboo that, that right. it was in the 80s. Uh, the survey measuring attitudes toward freedom on religion, speech, and the press found that 55% of Americans believe erroneously that the Constitution establishes a Christian nation. In the survey, which is conducted annually by the First Amendment Center, a nonpartisan educational group, three out of four people who identify themselves as evangelical or Republican believe that the Constitution establishes a Christian nation. Approximately half of Democrats and independents also think that same way. Hmm. Most respondents, 58%, say teachers in public schools should be allowed to lead prayers. That's an increase from 2005 when 52% supported teacher-led prayer in public schools. More people, 43%, say public schools should be allowed to put on nativity reenactments with Christian music than did in 2005 when it was only 36% of Americans that thought that way. Hmm. Half of them say teachers should be allowed to use the Bible as a factual text in history class. Now, I'm Hmm. sorry. Look, there are there are a lot of Christians that understand that the Bible isn't anything close to factual. There are there's a lot of disagreement amongst Christians as to how literally the Bible should be taken. Some of them believe the evangelicals, the fundamentalist Christians, believe it should be taken word for word. This is word for word the word of God. Well, well, at least it was when it was Hebrew, Hebrew, but we still believe it's word for word the word of God. And then there's the other ones that of course, say, now hold on, before we go any farther than that, um, if you believe that in fact the Bible is word for word the word of God then, you know, God wouldn't have allowed a mistranslation. There couldn't be one. Okay. It would have to be perfect, word for word, if it was the word of God. Word, God's word would be perfect. Of course, there have been several translations. There have been lots of translations. There's the translations all over the place. How can they all be perfect? And how can they all have mistranslated Jesus' name? <laughs> I mean, his name's Yaheshua. It isn't mm. Jesus. It's been, well, we'll just go with it. 
Yeah. Ah, heck, right. go with it. You know that that's that just seems irresponsible to me. I'm sorry. So you've got the the Christians believe it's word for word the word of uh, word of God. Not the Christians. Got, There's some that do. Some yeah. the Christians that believe that, and then you've got the other Christians that believe that it, you know it's a. And I'm sure there's plenty in between these these two extremes. That they're the other ones that believe that it's just a book of uh, instructional fables. You know. Yeah. I and I, I I'm I'm of the opinion that it really is something like that. Right. So 43% say, again, the public schools, government schools, should be putting on nativity reenactments, apparently. Half say teachers should be allowed to use the Bible as factual text. Now, that's down from 56% in 2000. Charles Haynes, a senior scholar at the First Amendment Center... You know, why, should, why would schools even want to be in the nativity, scene, you know, the nativity reenactment uh, business? Isn't that really the business of churches? And would they allow children who are not interested in participating in such an activity... To not participate, or would they force them to participate? In theory, um, usually, well, not necessarily in theory, but in, in practice, the way I've seen things like this happen in the past you is that... you have to that, have a parent permission slip well, to get out of it? You may need a parent permission slip to get out of it, and then getting out of it means that you get to go sit in detention. Right. So you can go sit in the office while everyone else is doing the school-sanctioned nativity scene, or whatever. And I agree. You know, this should be a church thing. In the, Absolutely. The, the concept of separation of church and state exists so that the state doesn't go ahead and give its blessings to one particular religion and anger everybody else in a country that's that allows anybody to come into it. Well, uh, forget angering, because the state could really care less whether you're angry with it or not. What happens is it, it limits, it's then going to limit the ability to worship in that manner. So, you know, I don't know. There's, there's different religions. What if uh, the state decided it wanted to be Baptist? Then there'd be no more dancing. Mm. If the state decided it wanted to be, uh, I think it's Church of Christ, doesn't uh, allow music in the worship service, which you know, I wonder, then you wouldn't be able to sing hymns. Speaking of these differences between the Christian religions, do For they God's have... God's sakes, what if they were Amish? Well, do they have differences in the nativity scenes? Like, are there some things the Baptists will do that the other guys won't do in the nativity scenes? I don't think so. I just wonder about that. Like, if, if a school was putting together a nativity scene, would the Christians be battling over, you know, well, Jesus should be over here. No, he's the three wise men should be here, and the, the, we need stars. I don't know. I don't know what the differences would be if there would be any. But... I can't think that there would be other than uh, perhaps... Uh, Churches uh, that have different demographics, maybe having a black Mary instead of a white Mary, that kind of thing. Yeah, gotcha. Um, but Jesus those, was th- a black th- man. There's really not any differences there. There's uh, what they call primitive Baptist, which I've always seen in black neighborhoods, but I don't know that they, in mm-hmm. fact, are a, um, a black uh, denomination. I don't know that. Um, they may or may not be, but you know, I don't think there's any real uh, race segregation among amongst the uh, denominations that the I know of. Senior scholar of the First Amendment Center, Charles Haynes, says the findings are particularly troubling during a week when the top diplomat in Iraq gave a report to Congress on progress towards achieving democracy there. He says, quote, Americans are dying to create a secular democracy in Iraq, and simultaneously a growing number of people want to see a Christian state here, he says. Haynes says the Constitution clearly established a secular nation where people of all faiths or no faith are protected to practice their religion or no religion without governmental interference. Rick Green of Wall Builders, an advocacy group says that, uh, that believes the nation was built on Christian principles, says the poll doesn't mean a majority favors a theocracy, but that the Constitution reflects Christian values, including religious freedom. Quote, I would call it a Christian document, just like the Declaration of Independence, unquote, he says. Well, I would call it a Satanist document. I'd call it a, you know, fill in the blank, a Hindu document. We can call whatever the hell we want to call it, I guess, because that's what they apparently are doing. 
this guy doesn't seem to have any understanding of uh, what the founding fathers' intentions were, and many of the founding fathers were not Christians at all. Many of the founding fathers had a healthy distaste for Christianity, and they considered themselves deists. Well, uh, I would think that that's true. There are definitely people that disagree and agree on this subject, but the fact that there's disagreement shows that it is not cut and dry. Right. And, um, you know, I, 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 I don't think, think God it, appears I think in the Constitution. pretty darn clear that uh, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, those guys right there, probably James Madison were definitely, absolutely not Christians he in says, the, uh, you know, the classical sense of what a Christian is. And besides, the revival didn't come around until the 1800s. This was a, you know, this, this was a time when uh, people were stretching their minds beyond religion. These, you know, I, I, they definitely believed in God, but they didn't believe in you know, classical Christian values. The times were different. Here's a scary one for you. And he says, that in his opinion, this is the scariest number. This is the expert from the First Amendment Center. Only 56% of Americans today agree that freedom of religion applies to all groups, quote, regardless of how extreme their beliefs are, unquote. Now, that number is down from the year 2000, before September 11th and all mm-hmm. the nonsense the government has well, done. Well, I don't know if I agree with that statement necessarily either. I don't think that freedom of religion necessarily applies to all Americans. I mean, what if your religion requires you to sacrifice babies? Well, then you'd be harming someone else. Right, but that does, it's not, the, the question isn't explicit enough. Nonetheless, it's down from 72% to 56%. Okay. That's pretty significant. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. And love your comments on the freedom of speech in America and these Americans that want to shove their religion down our throats. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. The Sakel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com where all the features are completely free. So enjoy those on us, including the archives. We've got an entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website. In fact, we just posted the, uh, the August torrent. So now you can go and grab an entire month all in one chunk, one easy-to-download uh, piece. And you can do that by going to freetalklive.com. And if you or perhaps someone you know needs a primer on some of the subjects we talk about here on Free Talk Live, you should check out the Liberty Radio Underground. It's an elementary introduction to libertarianism, and each show concisely handles a single topic in less than ten minutes. It's great for someone who's new to liberty. Go to libertyradiounderground.com today and grab an episode. That's libertyradiounderground.com. I was just listening to a, a new one today on crime, on uh, you know what should be crime and what shouldn't. I thought it was very good. Excellent. Uh, so we're talking about the First Amendment Center. They've done another one of their studies that they do either every year or every other year. And it's all about, well, the First Amendment and separation of church and state and freedom of speech and issues surrounding those things. And I want to make it clear, I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm bashing the Christians. No, this has nothing to do with that. Um, you know, this is just people that believe that somehow Christianity is uh, ensconced in our Constitution. Which and is not true. Not. Um, now, I would like to say that, in fact, uh, re- there's very little mention of religion at all in the Constitution. The Bill of Rights, it says that, uh, you know, very uh, quickly that there should be no... Um, let's see, there's no... Uh, f- Okay, I'm sorry. I you should have prepared for this. Sorry, the uh, establishment of a religion. There should be no re- right, establishment of a religion. I think they mention religion. a god, or they mention a creator in the Declaration of Independence. Correct. 
you know, but as, that doesn't mean Christian. That just means that they right that there's creator. an inalienable right that is endowed by a creator. Bam, that's it. Right. Now, my mom t- and dad could be my creator. Thomas Jefferson, who wrote uh, the Declaration of Independence, uh, you know, has the, uh, the there's the Danbury Church letters that back and forth between Thomas Jefferson, where he's very clear that there, you know, that um, there is no there's a separation of church and state. That's where the separation of church and t- state comes in. This is one so. of the reasons why the country was founded in the first place, was because mm-hmm. there was an official relig- uh, religion back in the United Kingdom or Great Britain at that time, right. and they didn't like that. So people came here to have religious freedom, but now we're back to square one with people insisting that we should have the Bible in schools and that uh, you know the government schools should have nativity scenes with Christian music and that teachers should be using the Bible as a factual textbook. I mean, look, if you want all that in your school... Send your kids to a Christian school. Right. Well, of course, this whole, all of this outlines right. the problem with uh, government, government schools, schools. Because when you have the government schools, you have the government one-size-fits-all program that everybody and th- all these interest groups are interested in controlling. They want to teach sex education. They don't want to teach sex education. These guys want to teach the Bible. These other people don't want the Bible to be taught. And so what you have is this constant conflict. These people trying to lobby their local school boards and state governments and federal governments to institute their brand of education. Right. They're pitted against each other right. by the system. And, and no, no that's wonder. Wrong. No wonder. Yeah, exactly. It's divisive. So no wonder people feel like they're, uh, that other groups are trying to control them because they are. Because there's this mechanism there called the government and the government school system that allows interest groups to control other people. Right. Imagine if. There were ten people locked in a room together, a big room, and the scientists put one handgun in that room. Don't you think that people would uh, immediately get violent? The people that might have gotten along just fine without that handgun suddenly get violent because right. the handgun was put in the place. Well, and it doesn't, place. it doesn't necessarily have to have uh, started with violent intent. For instance, somebody could have picked up the handgun and said, look, I'm just going to hold on to this to make sure that nobody uh, gets hurt. And then right. someone else who doesn't trust him might say, wait a minute, I'm going to hold on to that. Hey, oh, sure. hey, sure, sure you are, buddy. Yeah. You're just going to shoot me in my right. sleep. And this is what government is. It's the government gun in the room. is the gun. So let's continue with some statistics here from USA Today reporting on the First Amendment Center's recent study that 56% of Americans agree that uh, freedom of religion applies to all groups regardless of how extreme their beliefs are. Now, leaving aside any religion that might want to sacrifice a life, that's a, re- that's a reasonable thing to say. You should be able to worship however you want in America so long as you aren't harming anyone else. Now, 56% agree with that. It used to be 72%. So there's been almost a 20% drop since the year 2000. More than one in four Americans say constitutional protection of religion does not apply to extreme groups. Mm. Haynes says many Americans consider Islam extreme, especially since the September 11th attacks. But he says Roman Catholics were viewed that way in the 19th century, and some people still consider Mormons on the fringe. He says we're still seeing, Gene Pol- uh, Polchinski, the center's executive director, says we're seeing the product of years of not teaching the First Amendment at a young age. People are applying their own values rather than educated knowledge of the Constitution. 
Still, he says, support for the constitutional freedoms has rebounded from a low the year after 9-11 when 49% said the First Amendment, uh, quote, goes too far in the rights it guarantees, unquote. Now, only 25% agree with that. So that's a little bit of good good news. Well, um, I suppose it is good news, but people don't know what rights are guaranteed by the First Amendment. You just, you know, whether they agree with the First Amendment or not is really moot. Because they don't even know what there is that they're agreeing with. It's true. They think that uh, Christianity was in the First Amendment. We've read on the air where people thought that uh, the Constitution enshrined the right to own a pet. (laughs) I mean, that just goes. We also also it doesn't matter what they. Well, of course, the First Amendment's right. Whatever it says. It's funny because I honestly had no idea what the First Amendment said until after school was over and I actually went and read it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know anything. I, if you would have asked me if it enshrined a pet, I could have said yes when I was 15. Right. Who knows? I think, sure. my, I think my favorite statistic of all time about Americans and what they think's in the Constitution had to be the one, and I don't remember if it was the First Amendment Center, which study it was, but it had to be the one where they said, okay, does this line appear in the the uh, the Bill of Rights? From each according to his ability to each, each according, according to, to his need. And there was some significant percentage of Americans that said, yeah, that's in the Constitution. Right. Isn't right out of the, the Communist, Communist Manifesto. Manifesto. Yeah, that's Karl okay. Marx. And and people just don't know. And this is, I, I don't even know what to think here. Is it is it the people's fault for being dumb? You know, for being just a group of, a giant group of sheeple? Is it really irrelevant that they know what the Constitution says? Because... It's not like we use it. It's not like you've got freedom of speech. You mostly have freedom of speech. You have more freedom of speech depending on how much money you make and what color you are and mm-hmm. uh, where you live in town, what kind of car you drive, and all those other things. You have more freedoms if if that's the case, but you'll still get in trouble if you speak in the wrong manner to the wrong person in the wrong place. So, you know... It, I don't know. You certainly don't have the right to assemble. You you certainly don't, because they'll, <laughs> they'll throw you in jail for that one. Um, you, you may have the right to wor- worship any way you want, but at the same time, you will be forced to pay for and be involved in this whole Christian thing. Well, yeah, there's these faith-based uh, charities that are now getting government money from the, the uh, current administration. Every single year, there's some city hall somewhere that some local politicians raising a ruckus that, oh, we can't have our nativity scene that we've had for 50 years. Here's another statistic for you. on Christmas, Mark. Yeah. 74% of Americans say government school students should not be allowed to wear a t-shirt with a message or picture that others might find offensive, which is a, a higher number than any time since the survey began 10 years ago. Three out of four Americans want to control what your kid wears on his chest. More on the way, this is Free Talk Live. George Phillies is the right candidate for president, a serious, well-educated candidate who stands for the basic principles of liberty and the basic principles of this nation. Paid for by Phillies 2008. This is George Phillies, libertarian for president. I approved of this message. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. Sakel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. That's 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, including the wiki, over 1,400 pages created by listeners like you. You can go and edit the wiki if you like, or just surf around. WIKI.freetalklive.com. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters. 
Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like setting up a corporation or a limited liability company. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. All right. So we started the show talking about the First Amendment, freedom of speech, uh, government schools was tied into all that because a lot of Americans, a significant number of Americans, think that it'd be just peachy keen if government schools had uh, nativity scenes and uh, Christian music playing and the teachers can use the the Bible to well, teach classes. And this is this is one of the problems that's somehow occurred in American society. People think their vote is sort of like an opinion. Do you like nativity scenes? Why? Yes, I do. Check here. Mm-hmm. And that's not what a vote is. It's our responsibility as Americans to stand behind our Constitution, which allows people to say, "I don't like nativity scenes." If you like a nativity scene, great. I'm glad for your opinion. Go to your church and enjoy your nativity scene. Put one in your front yard. But yeah, absolutely. Um, show it to the world. Do a nativity. Bring the neighbor kids in. Pass out cookies. Do a nativity soiree. Yeah. But leave my money out of it. Now I don't really care one way or the other about nativity scenes. But what I can tell you is I don't like the idea of my money being used to set one up. I don't want my money being uh, used to set up a nativity scene. I don't want my money. I being don't want used it on public property either. I don't want my money being used to set up a Hindu scene or a Satanist scene or any other scene. It, it's it's just not the role of government to do these things. No. And so, as we pointed out, government schools exist, and so therefore people want to control what goes on there yes they want they want to be the ones to set the rules for all the other kids and uh, julia has a story that relates to this we'll get to it here in moments but first to the phones let's talk to john in new hampshire john you're on free talk live with ian julia and mark hi folks hey what's on your mind john speaking of force and telling everybody what to do and how the government or whoever the you know the uh, omnipotent uh, person who's going to make all these decisions uh reminds me of something that uh you spoke of recently the Massachusetts thing where they're going to force people to buy health care mm-hmm. or buy insurance. Yes, they are. Uh, I've gone through a couple of uh, health care uh, issues recently, uh, had some exposure at work, and that's all fine. You know, that stopped, and I'm, gonna, I'm on the rebound. But that led me to go to a doctor. And then it turns out that I have a little bit elevated sugar and a little elevated cholesterol, mm. common things with our crappy diet that we have. Uh, in the society. Okay. Uh, but anyways, the doctor mails me two prescriptions. I think that's great that he mailed them rather than calling me into the office because, hey, let's control health care costs. Why should I go in and pay him $100 for a visit? Wow, you didn't have to pay for uh, for the prescriptions? Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't go to the office to have him hand me the prescriptions. He mailed them to me. But you still were charged something for that service? Uh, Anyway, I get gotcha. the prescriptions in the mail. It's just gotcha. his advice. Understood. I get it in the mail as opposed to spending time in the office, Understood. which is which is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, but I decide, you know, if if I have elevated sugar and cholesterol, guess what? I'm going to take care of this with my diet and some exercise, and need to need to you know get some priorities back in order there. And sure. Uh, I I talk to them at the office and and uh, play a little telephone tag, and I said to the woman, I said, you know. Geez, it seems like I wasn't getting a quick call back on my uh, message when I said that I'm not going to be filling these prescriptions. It reminds me of the old song where it said, this is just what the doctor ordered. 
does that mean that it's an order? And is that why I didn't get a quick callback? Because I don't follow orders very well? And it made me consider, hmm. what is this whole system going to be like when we are forced into paying for everybody else's, everybody else's health care and everybody is forced to pay for mine, and it gets into this whole crazy system where it's forced. Yeah. I'm gonna so what's going to happen with universal health care? I'm going to correct this sugar and cholesterol problem with my diet, mm -hmm. and they're telling me we don't recommend that. We recommend these prescriptions. And it made me think, what if mm -hmm. I wanted acupuncture? What if I wanted herbal remedies? That won't be what an option. What if I wanted no. to do faith? Would they put me in a friggin' prison cell if I said, you know, I want to pray to God? No, what they'll do, John. Do what they'll do is once the socialist uh, universal health care system comes crashing in on us, uh, what they'll do is they'll create a bunch of rules that say, well, John, if you don't eat the way we say you should eat, it's fine if you want to change your diet, but you're going to have to change it in the way that we say that you should change it. And, and who, we'll be checking your grocery receipts to make sure that you're buying. The, in fact, we're going to stop Ian, by and check your refrigerator. Ian, the, the problem there is, again, who is going to control the diet? Will it, will it be the sugar industry who has mm. told me all my life? that I need to eat these sweet things and these salty things and this meat and this government pyramid where they have a system that is based on whatever our traditional American diet is, the which government. is some of the things that might kill us, or should I become a vegetarian, or should I go macrobiotic, which is something I actually met a guy who's sure. been doing it for 40 years, and I don't think I'm going to go to that extreme, but somewhere in between. But when you've got a system where it's forced, Somebody who has an agenda or an opinion, they get is to going choose. To be forcing right. that down my throat or up my bum. It's outrageous. Julia has a comment. Well, the food pyramid is something that's always really interested me because there's this pyramid, and this is what we're supposed to eat, right? And if we eat this, we're going to be healthy. However, every single country, I mean, like if you go to South America, they would have a completely different food pyramid Absolutely. because they eat completely different things. So who's right? Well, the thing that... And Julia, Julia, if you, if you even look at what are considered cholesterol, I haven't looked at this for 20 years, but if you look at what is an acceptable cholesterol level here as opposed to Europe or whatever, you know, blood pressure levels here compared to somewhere else... There's different standards. Right. right. And one and thing is for sure. Who the heck is the one that's going to force that down your throat? It's outrageous, and, John. And you know what? It needs to be, you know, in a free world, we would not be conditioned to be thinking, I need some authority figure yes. to tell me what to do. I would say, you know, here's, here's a certain uh, bunch of options out there. Right. And I can decide you, among the options. You should be able to choose your own expert. Thank you for the and call, John. We appreciate it Thanks. as always. 800-259-9231. The other thing about the food pyramid is that not only is it probably different, the daily recommendations from country to country, but the thing that the food period uh, ignores, just as all government programs ignore, especially the government education system, is that people are different too. So what's good for you might not necessarily be good for me. I know we're all human beings and everything, but let's let's talk about reality. Well, the, there's some genetic differences between us. Yeah, there's supposed to be different uh, acidic levels that some people have. I, I've read kind you know all kinds of natural health books, um, and and you know that's what they say that different people need different stuff. In right. fact, it's it's so. At least I believe it to be so. Shouldn't I be able to have that belief? Right. But when the when the government 
system comes in with this universal health care, this single payer system, yeah. government one size fits all. You'll just you won't. They can't trust you at that point. Your body is um, a liability to them, and they cannot trust you to take care of it. Yep, it's it's sick, and it's amazing that Americans are just. Well, looking for this i think that most people don't and they don't see that side of it at all they just think they just want crap for free right, exactly they oh, the just care right they right. don't think oh they're going to control my diet or anything like that all no. they see is it's so expensive for me to go to the doctor right now and it is i want it to be free now right. it would be better if it was free but they just don't understand why it's so expensive. Nothing's free. Right. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Yeah, that's something apparently they don't understand either. They don't I mean, they don't think about it. They don't have any historical perspective. They don't teach about this in government high school. They don't teach you the failures of socialism. Yeah, they'll tell you that the Soviet Union broke up in the late eighties, but they don't tell you uh, you know, why. They don't tell you why socialism doesn't work. So it's no surprise that most Americans are completely in the dark. On the way, there's a school system, government school, of course, that has decided that certain types of makeup are now completely unacceptable. We'll find out why and what's going on. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then we invite you to go and become a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote, and the idea is a simple one. You send in three bucks a month, we take it in and turn it around into promoting Free Talk Live to getting the show on more radio stations across the country. So if that's valuable to you, you want to help spread the message of freedom and liberty, then head over to amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up today. You'll get some perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only chat room and forum, and more. All of the details are at AMP. FreeTalkLive.com. Let's go into the phone calls and talk to Scott in Georgia. Scott, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello. Ian, hi. How you doing? Great, Scott. What's on your mind? Well, I wanted to update you on my campaign, but I also wanted to make you aware of uh, something you were talking about the other day I'm not sure you know about uh, concerning this uh, war with the Muslims. Okay. It was brought to my attention the other day that the first couple presidents we had had a big war with the Muslims, and you probably know more about that than I do. But You're talking about the uh, the, the treaty between uh, the Barbary pirates and uh, yeah. Adams, and then uh, Jefferson sending the incipient navy over to uh, crush them on the uh, shores of Tripoli? Exactly. Mm-hmm. What, what about it? Well, I didn't know if you knew, but apparently you did. Well, I don't think that there's a war. I think you're wrong, though. It's not a war with the Muslims. There's no war against right. Muslims. It's a war in Iraq against, well, anybody that wants to attack the military. Right. It's any, an more than, any more than fighting the Nazis was a war against Christianity. Yeah. So well, I, 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 didn't, I didn't really call to talk about the war. That's I mean, fine. You're running for mayor thing. down in Georgia. What's going on with your campaign? Well, there's just pretty much a media silence on the whole thing. We're a very small town, so nobody really pays attention. But we do have a local radio station that, you know, talks about it. And I'm also broadcasting my campaign live on the Internet. I could give you the address. No, that's all right. Uh, now, when, because um, there's very few people actually living where you are. What so, you need to do is go door to door. Right. <laughs> that's that's going to be the most effective thing. Now, you're saying that there's a media silence, You and but then you said the radio station is talking about it. So is there a silence or well, not? 
Well, they're not talking about the race in Bethlehem, but the other elections around Barrow County, they are. And they'll eventually, hopefully, talk about this election. But Well, what you might want to do is send out a press release. You know, people need to know that you are a, a serious candidate, because if they feel like you're just a paper candidate, somebody who's just going to appear on the ballot, they may not bother to contact you, whereas if you go ahead and send the, uh, and don't burden them with a bunch of press releases, you don't want to be a pest, but you do want to make them aware uh, that you do exist, and then maybe they'll decide to, to have you on at that point. Well, I am doing all that. I'm working with PR Newswire and the uh, media coordinator for the Libertarian Party. Good. Oh, great. And uh, I'm going to be you know, on the Libertarian Party website, hopefully, and I was really just trying to get some help, you know, from outside Bethlehem, because there's really not that many people here that can well, help me too How much. is um, help from outside Bethlehem going to help? What, what are you looking for? Well, I'm just trying to create a little stir, stir in the media so that when the local media does decide to do a little research into me, they might find, you know, other places outside here, you know, paying attention. To it's them. not very likely. I mean, if you can't even get the local media to pay attention to you, then, I mean, no one else is really going to you pay attention to you. Do you have a newspaper? Either. We do have a newspaper, but, you know, if you looked at their website and looked at the thing, they only publish two times a week. Right, I, something. I you, would recommend I mean, writing something and sending it to them. Like an op-ed or something yeah, like that? Oh, yeah. Door knocking. I cannot stress yeah. this enough. I think that um, in, in small campaigns that this is the very single best way um, to get elected because these people are likely going to never have talked to the mayor ever. You come to their door and you say, I'm running for mayor. And you have a little piece of paper to give them, maybe something with a magnet on it that they can stick on their refrigerator that tells them when election day is. And it's going to make all the difference in the world right. because they want to know the mayor. And you came right. to their door and you're, and right. they can at the very least vote for a guy they met. And that's easy enough to do because you can go down to your – and this applies to any race across the country. Uh, you go down to your local clerk of court or the election division or whoever it is that handles the, uh, the mm -hmm. elections or voter registration, and you can get a list of um, – at least in most places, you can get a list of who voted actually in the last election. That way, if you've got a very short amount of time, you can focus on the known voters, or you can get a list of all, uh, all registered voters as well and just go house to house. Literally, you'll know who you're approaching. You'll know if they're a Republican or a Democrat. And what you can do is you can uh, focus your campaign literature that way. So you could have uh, one handout for Republican households. You can have another handout for Democrat households. That's nice. That's and a good idea. you can even have a handout for independents or, or non-registered voters. So good luck, Scott, and thank you for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Good ideas for anybody who's running a local campaign. Sure. And, and I would encourage, you know, I, I would congratulate Scott for getting out there and doing what it takes to get involved in local government, and I would encourage anybody else to do the same. Actually, what I'd encourage you to do, join the Free State Project, move here and do it, yeah, but if you true. can't, you know, you, you can't. can't. Right. Uh, continuing with the phone calls, let's talk to Brett in Massachusetts. Brett, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Right. Um, I had a couple things I wanted to discuss. I'll try to talk quick. Okay. Um, Not the, too quick. The main reason why I called was I had uh, kind of a personal situation slash philosophical question that I wanted to hear you guys discuss. But okay. if I could, can I give you uh, uh, an amusing anecdote? Uh, something that happened to me last night where I live in Salem. Certainly. Um, I went out to eat at uh, a hibachi restaurant with my girlfriend. Are you familiar with that sort of dining format? Where, the, where the everyone chef, sits the, around the, the same table? Yeah, the chef flips the knives around and sets something on fire and everybody oozes and ahs? It's really awesome. Yeah, yeah I love that it. stuff. That's so cool. I, uh, I think they call that tampanyaki, too. Wrong, 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. I think they call that tampanyaki too. Tampanyaki. Okay. They they called it hibachi last night. I, Fine. I, I believe you. Um, yeah, I didn't I make that word up. I have this new Ron Paul sweatshirt that I thought I would wear out and see what kind of response I got from the public. Okay. And uh, I'm sitting at a table with a group of strangers, my girlfriend and I, and there's another party. And after we sort of, uh, you know, awkwardly ignore each other for 15 minutes or so, one of the women in the other party turns to me. And she looks at my sweatshirt. The sweatshirt says, uh, who is this man and why is he trying to save my country? And there's a uh, kind of a sketch of Dr. Paul, but if you didn't really know who he was, you you might not be able to tell who it is. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh-huh. And um, she she reads it out loud in front of everyone at the table, and she goes, oh, I really like that. And so I'm I'm feeling pretty good. And the next words out of her mouth are, I love Bill O'Reilly. Uh. <laughs> so I, I imagine that feeling where I look down to see, does this guy look like Bill O'Reilly oh, and gosh. kind of almost get sick while I'm eating? And I just thought, oh, the irony that this, this you know, woman is mistaking this guy that I have such reverence for who's so principled, and she's mistaking him for this, you know, nitwit who yeah. reads off a teleprompter. It was, it was What sad. did you say to her? Well, see, that was the thing, because when somebody says they love Bill O'Reilly, you kind of assume a certain set of viewpoints. Right, you're done. The The conversation's over. In a a place like Salem, Massachusetts, you kind of are wondering, are are, most people there, if you guess that they're liberal, you're probably right. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really know what to do. I kind of tried to, I I alerted her, no, this is not Bill O'Reilly on my shirt. And the back of the shirt has a couple of Ron Paul's key campaign points. So I, I kind of turned and let her see it, and you know, it turned out she was more of an O'Reilly fan, and that was basically the end of our uh, right. our dialogue. Oh, freedom! Yeah. <laughs> that, that was pretty much it. And I said, you know, one of the things I said that I figure would resonate with everybody is he wants to get rid of the IRS. And she has a daughter with her, and she says, "Mom, is the IRS bad?" And she <laughs> says, uh, "That depends on who you ask, hon." Oh, jeez. And I just figured right yeah. then I needed to end that conversation or yeah. I was going to ruin everyone's dinner yeah, exactly. one way or another. So, okay. I-, I wanted to ask you, just so they sit you down with strangers at this place, this hibachi place? It just yeah, shows it's how... not bad because sometimes, I mean, it was, you know, we were talking about, uh, they had a, a young boy with them and we were talking about South Park. And, you know, I've gone to these places a number of times and you can get into pretty good conversations hmm. with people. You always usually wind up talking with the people that you're sitting with. So it's, 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 um... It seems awkward at first, but it usually turns out to be a pretty nice Oh, thing. I'm not saying it would be awkward, necessarily. I just never experienced that. Whenever I went to one of these places, it was usually with a large group, so I just assumed that they only served to the groups and they didn't... No, if you, go with a, if you go with a group of uh, three people or something like that, you're bound to be sitting at, right. a, at a table that is, at the very least, served six and usually eight. That makes sense. One of these, uh, you know, uh, teriyaki, or not teriyaki, what's hibachi uh, restaurants. Right, right. All right, so your other point tonight, sir, Brad. Uh, yeah, can you guys give me two more minutes of that? You can go and uh, we'll, we'll consider. Go ahead. What's we your won't, point? We won't uh, promise right. you anything. Well, quick, quick background. I've worked in education my entire professional career, never in public school. I was on track at one time to be certified in the state of Massachusetts and really ran away from it once I was fortunate enough to kind of realize what was going on. I, uh, I taught history in private school for three years. Um, I eventually had to had to leave that because you could feel the state restrictions and, and presence coming down hmm. on that institution. And I really knew that it was just going to be a matter of time before they probably had to fire me for not sticking to state standards and, and stuff like that. I, I work currently now as sort of a 
private service provider where I travel around. All right, you've got credibility. We're going to hold you over. The news is coming up. We'll get uh, more with Brett. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves, the toll-free number, 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. We go back to Brett in Massachusetts. Brett, who had just begun telling us that uh, he at one time was a teacher, Uh, not in a government school, but you taught in private schools for, what was it, three years, Brett? Yep. And uh, you kind of felt the crushing hand of government regulation coming in, so you decided to get out of that. And ever since then, you've been doing what? Go ahead and continue your story. Um, working basically as a private service provider, trying to work one, one-on-one with kids to, I guess I would say, solve the problems that schools and teachers can't solve. Okay. And um, I, I get, to make my long story short and get to my philosophical question that I, that I wanted to pose to you guys, mm-hmm. um, I think that the people with similar concerns to ours, a lot of people anyway, go through periods of apathy and then periods of urgency where, you know, at times they become complacent and at other times they feel like the time to act is now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, a little bit. definitely. I've burnt out I, at times. I got to this point of build-up about two weeks ago where I actually kind of had to, like, stop listening to the show uh, for a couple weeks because I just felt like my, my outrage had, re- had reached this, this boiling point. I know it's exactly and, what you mean. And um, unfortunately, I got back into it the wrong way by about 10 days ago, I think, watching the, the Republican debate on Fox News. Mm-hmm. And I, it all just came right when I saw how um, how this event was run. Uh, I actually had a chance to go, but I'm glad I didn't. I probably would have been hauled out of there. Um, when I saw how the event was run, uh, just the 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 outrage towards the whole thing. It, it gave me that feeling, like I don't know what year. I hear this caller who calls your show all the time, the New Hampshire uh, Tom cop killer guy. Yeah. Where you just feel like you're at that level where something needs to be done, and you know, and you don't want to go there. And I'm not talking about sharing his beliefs with the, you know, being against the police. Or right. It's like just that. it's a level of outrage. Um, it's it's rage and anger against uh, what you see as inequities and you know downright cheating within the system, and you want to do something about it because good people want to stop bad behavior every time. But at the same time, you're frustrated because you feel inept. You feel like you're just one person, and what can you do, right? Well, that's kind of true, but I think there's something else, and I think it comes back to this issue of school. I know you guys were talking about school a little bit before. You know, after I feel that in our country, and I mean, I I was in the public school system for 12 years, there, there is this installed instinct for conformity, and... You know, you reach a point where you're at sort of a threshold when you're looking forward into what can I do, and you're looking backwards sort of at everybody else, you know, the lady at my table who thinks I have a Bill O'Reilly sweatshirt on, Mm -hmm. and you're standing in that threshold, and you start, I start asking myself, you know, is conformity, my this instinct for conformity, whether I want it or not, is that what's holding me back? 
or, or on the other hand, is that what's keeping me safe? Is that the thing that stops me from becoming the... Uh, I, I don't want to be rude to other callers, but the, the, the cop guy from New Hampshire or the, uh, the uh, Illuminati lady from Florida. Is, I mean, is that what... Is the instinct for conformity what stops you from going what the conformists would call over the edge, which might be the place you need to be? Hmm. It's an interesting question. I think that uh, you certainly, I mean, it's certainly a strong pull to want to be safe, to not want to be targeted, to not want to be singled out. I don't think that uh, being a nonconformist means you have to be like New Hampshire Tom or Paula from Florida. <laughs> I think I that uh, you can certainly be a nonconformist and be a very principled pro-liberty guy and, and be yes. in support of nonviolence and all of that. But yeah, I mean, life is more comfortable inside the box. You know, it's like, uh, was it Cyrus in uh, The Matrix? He wanted, to, he wanted to go back in once he'd been pulled Cipher? out. Cypher, that's right. Uh, you know, he wanted to go back into the Matrix once he'd been pulled out, and uh, he wanted to go and, and be fooled again, um, because it was just a lot more comfortable that way. It's easy to Absolutely. be ignorant. And now, when, like, for, I, I'm stuck in... But you it, can't go back. I'm sort of stuck in this, uh, you know, in, in between here, because if you ask my wife, I'm over the top a lot of times. Mm-hmm. If you ask Ian, I sit on my butt too much and don't get anything done. You know, I'm, I'm just, uh, I, 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 you know, work too far within the system, and I believe in a system that's completely bankrupt and morally, um, you know, uh, reprehensible and, and those kind of things. So, you know, two important people in my life, um, one that I love, <laughs> um, in fact, you know, they, I they love think, you too. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> they think that I'm in, in different areas, and I try to look at what works. That's what I try yeah. to do. I try to, you know, it's it's one thing to be, um, you know, stand up for what you believe, and I believe you know, you've got to do that. But I also think you have to pick your, pick your battles now well, and then. You've chosen your battles, Mark. And if I'm saying things like that to you, it's just because I'm razzing you. Oh, you know I know. That. I mean, you kidding. go and you do a radio show six nights a week, and you do a TV show one uh, one day a week. I'm here for the money, baby. You're making. There's no money in that TV show. No, there's not. You're, well, you're, here was- well, hold on, a, hold on a second. I'd like to go around the uh, the table here and get the the full panel's uh, thoughts on sure. on your question, Julia. Could you ask the question again? <laughs> and it's been well, five... well, let me uh, let me try to 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 rephrase it in a way that that um, kind of incorporates my experience listening to your show. When I first started listening to the show, maybe back in May, you know, I listened to Ian and Mark, and what Mark would say, I'd say, yeah, this guy sounds reasonable, and then you know, I would hear Ian's take, and I'd say, this guy sounds a little extreme, but <laughs> now you know, just maybe like five, six months later, whatever it is, I'm listening to the show and I'm saying, you know, I really, I think you're both great, but I'm saying Mark is not going far enough. If you're in this, if you're in this, you have to take it as far as Ian. You have to go to that place, you know? And I know it's not, there aren't absolutes like that. Like, yes, the only, Ian is right and Mark is wrong. Return to the light side. That over the past couple months, maybe, I've come to identify with Ian's point of view a little bit more. That wasn't really a question. Oh, so, so, no, yeah. that, you're right. That wasn't a question at all. <laughs> the, question, the, the question is, um, I guess that's the problem with philosophical questions. Sometimes they're difficult to ask. But, um, you know, the, the role of conformity. You know, I guess it's, you know, what is the role? Is conformity what keeps us safe? Or is conformity, um, the desire for conformity, what holds us back? And I guess it depends on what your point of view is. Yeah, that's a uh, question I'd really have to think about for a few minutes before I'd be able to just give you an answer. It's an interesting question, and I can understand 
when referring to your comment, I can understand exactly where you're coming from. I'm running for city council right now, and personally, I'm on the side of Ian. I believe I believe in I get what does he call himself a free marketeer. Mm-hmm. However, I'm running for office, and I'm faced with this challenge because I don't want to come off as a crazy person. Because to somebody who's never considered liberty, are you saying that Ian's crazy? No. Oh, I just—it it sounded. I'm sorry. It's a very I thought roundabout I, way of saying. I thought it. I heard her say that Ian was crazy. Well, pardon I, me. That would make me crazy too. <laughs> I did ask for Mark's help on my uh, campaign literature, but I'm I'm having trouble because I'm I'm sort of stuck. I don't want to come off as this crazy radical. You know what I mean? To people who've never heard these ideas, to just totally blow me off and and not give it another thought. But at the same time, I don't want to compromise my principles. So yeah. it it's very difficult. Um, I I and it and it is. I think it's it's hard to find out where you should what the starting point is. Like, how do you when you're trying to talk to other people? Like I almost attempted to do to this woman last night. How do you know where to start? How do you know what their hook is? You know, so you, can you ask don't them. start. I heard you guys talking about this this uh, Texas guy, the Jones, the filmmaker, like a lot over mm-hmm. the last week. And I sent him, I sent him a, 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 le- a letter like three years ago, and I said, you know, some of your message is okay. If you didn't start at the craziest place possible, you might be able to pull more people into what you're saying. But well, you're yeah. just like too far away from everybody I think as far else. as your you question I mean? is con- I think as far, yes, and, and as far as your question is concerned, you know, how do you um, start conversations with people? Asking questions is the most powerful thing. I mean, if you uh, can sort of uh, roll into asking them what's, you know, what they find important, what issues uh, concern them, uh, just open-ended questions to allow them to talk about their right. feelings on things, that's a great way to get things uh, People get love things to talk breath. about themselves. Right. Absolutely. And, right. Uh, and as, far as, as far as your own personal comfort zone, uh, keep pushing it. You know, don't go all completely out of the box all at once, but keep pushing the envelope, keep pushing your personal comfort zone until you're all of a sudden in a new area and you can look back at your life and you can say, wow, I'm sure, I sure am glad I decided to choose this path and keep following it. Thank you for the call. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. So enjoy those on us. Uh, Those features include, by the way, the bulletin board system. bbs.freetalklive.com gets you to it. Uh, There's been a... there's a lot of discussion over there. There's everything from serious uh, issues to uh, fun stuff and crazy stuff. I mean, it's all it's a uh, it's a mature bulletin board system. It is a and somewhat uh, of an immature bulletin board. System yes, as well. Uh, well, mature in that you will see things that uh, probably young young people should not see uh, because it's virtually unmoderated. And when you join the forum, there is a very clear registration form thing that you fill out that makes it very clear that the forum is virtually unmoderated. See, with a lot of mostly, po- I don't see things like that. Right. Most internet forums are very moderated. They no, have... no, no. I, I, on our BBS, I don't. I go on our BBS probably well, daily. You search for Mark, and you only look at the threads with the word Mark in it. It's true. Right. <laughs> but why, you, you gave away my secret, and now those jerks will go out there and put the word Mark in all their threads. I hope they do. <laughs> so, uh, so I wanted to just point something out to those who 
you have not yet gone to the BBS, uh, it is a virtually unmoderated forum. There is not there are very very few rules there. There are a few like racism, just pure hatred. I don't care for that. That'll probably threats of violence. Yeah, that sort of thing. That's going to go spamming. That's going to go. But as far as content is concerned, uh, it's pretty much an anything goes thing, and that upsets some people. In which case, maybe those are the people that shouldn't be using the forum. There was a recent change, a lot of forum drama recently within the last 24 hours. Uh, There used to be an old rule that said that you couldn't post inappropriate pictures in somebody else's thread. So um, So you had to start your own thread. For your inappropriate pictures. For your inappropriate pictures. Right. And so if you did, what was the punishment? Every time you make a rule, there has to be a punishment. They'd be removed. That's all. And the problem was... I mean the, the. the problem was that um, you know somebody would see an inappropriate picture, what they thought was inappropriate, they'd report it to the moderators of the forum, and then we'd go in there, we have to look, and we have to determine whether we think it's inappropriate, and then we have to make the changes. So I just figured, you know, this rule isn't really necessary, because there are two features, very important features on the Free Talk Live BBS, to uh, allow you to control your experience. One, you can ignore anyone. You can just click the ignore button, it's right next to the person's name. So if you see something that you don't like, and you see consistently see things from one particular user that you don't like, click ignore. That user can go and look in their profile, and they can see how many people are ignoring them. So they'll know that they're being ostracized. Right. You're a jerk. Right. You can also turn off uh, signature pictures and avatar pictures. So you can really cleanse your Free Talk Live uh, PBS-going experience. So the rule has basically been changed. Look, we don't want to have to deal with this anymore. At least I don't. I don't want to have to read the complaints. And it's the same people, too. It's the same few people. He's posting inappropriate pictures. There's a rule against this. Oh, shut up and click ignore. And if you don't want to click ignore, then go away. Okay? So I just wanted to make that clear. Uh, This isn't choosing sides. I'm not picking sides because there are certain people that don't like each other on our BBS. I'm not picking sides. I just don't want to have to deal with it. I don't want to be in the middle of it anymore. Well, that's that's how it was with the chat room that uh, went away. Um, when there right, was, that went away, that's gone. Right. When the chat room got to be uh, on what you considered an emotional hardship, you got rid of it. When people kept complaining about, hey, scrap, we're coming in here. And right. Look, you know, the sandbox is there for you people to play in. You right. can't get along nice. Yes, well, I, I have enough things to do with my time than monitor the sandbox. So uh, the sandbox is still there. It's the Free Talk Live BBS, and it is less moderated than it has ever been <laughs> at this point. So uh, take it take it on your own volition to control your content, because you can do it. All right. So with that in mind, let's go to the phones and to the fun and talk to Don in New York. Don, you're on Free Talk Live with the Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello, Don. Ian, Mark, Julia. Hey, what's Hello? on your mind? Uh, I have an article, and uh, uh, Tom. Tom's on my mind. <laughs> Tom in New Hampshire, the advocate of killing cops that we disagree yeah, with. Well, that's what I get. I was wondering, um, I was listening the last couple of days, uh, you had callers who called in after Tom, and um, you were discussing, you know, about Tom's uh, weird ways. I'm just curious, is, is the many times I've heard him call in, I bet he has a heck of a life in his local area in New Hampshire. I bet the police really love him. And, like, <laughs> I hope he, he's, he's not known because... With the way he he speaks, must be known. He ran, uh, Tom, the, the, the gentleman you're referring to, um, who calls this show frequently and advocates the killing of cops, uh, he won 
he won as a House of Representatives member here in the state of New Hampshire. And he yeah, continued God, his God. cop-killing advocacy while he was a representative and then was subsequently uh, not really forced to resign, but asked to resign, and he, he actually did resign. So I would imagine that people do know who Tom is, uh, where he lives. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he has a, a very uh, fun life in, in his local area, you know, with the cops. That's a good question. I'll, I'll try to make a point of asking him about that the, uh, the next time he calls in, if I recall. Uh, Julia, baby steps, and congratulations on running for for local office. You know, we got to do. You got to try to do what you can in the system we're in currently. Um, and I'd take, like take to... your ideas and just think of of you know what the general public can can get behind. You know, and and just taper them down. And, uh, baby steps. Right. That's that's what I've been doing. I gotta say though, I was really disenchanted. I went to a city council meeting last week, and I did not feel good about. Um, working within the system with what I saw, but I'm going to give it a try. Even even baby steps uh, must you know to to a to the existing city council members. You know they they want to protect their their way of life. It's you know. Oh, they sure do. I don't envy you, but uh, you know Very somebody good, does have to try to get into politics. Don, any other thoughts? Yes. Um, Fifty. How do we? The other thing is there were uh, people calling up uh, after Tom and saying. Um, one jumped on you and said that you should advocate um, the, that all police are bad and um, that they're all the enemy. Remember that guy? Absurd. Uh, yes. Ago. Um, also, uh, I, I used to think uh, back Mark most of the time with his uh, small government, but the more What's I that? look at where we small government, I was used to uh, back you. you know, okay, sorry, couldn't yeah, quite hear. Small government guy versus uh, no government. But the more I listen, and the more. Uh, it's hard to explain, but the other day I realized that we live in a new era now where technology, I've always, we've always, the paradigm that it always existed where all these countries and nations have always um, needed governments in the past. Because of the new technology and we're living in a very global world, I don't think that the governments are really required anymore. We can govern ourselves Absolutely. using the technology. It's a- and we can protect ourselves against these authorities if we learn how to use this technology against the few who want to keep the power. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that uh, governments are on the way out. Their days are numbered. Uh, Governments are an antiquated idea, and it's, uh, you know, the the violence is not necessary for humans to get along, and it's uh, it's time that we finally reject the use of, the institutionalized use of coercive force, which is what governments are. Don, thank you for the call. Appreciate it, man. Can I say one other thing, guys? Oh, one other thing? Yeah, um, I just wanted to point out that the, you know, running for local office and, and for and getting into politics, working within the system, as Julia's already found out, is frustrating. We as Americans, don't we have a right to petition? So yes. can't 52 activists, one in each state of all 52 states, get together and start a petition saying that we, um, we demand that our government has a very deep reform and, and get that either to the Supreme Court or to our congressmen, you know what I mean? 52 people, 52 good activists within 52 states and if 75% of the people are so disenfranchised that we don't even get out and vote, don't you think we could get enough support to actually make some real change? I, that's the only way I really see it. Sending a, a piece uh, of paper to the Supreme Court isn't going to do anything, though. I mean, they well, don't to care. To the Supreme Court or to the congressmen, to the senators. What do they care? They get papers all day. They get paperwork that's, all day. You're just going to get supposedly in Supposedly, within our system, Ian, it's our only way to make change. Right. Guess what? There's change. a lawsuit right now about the right to petition, and the Supreme Court's going to rule on it. We'll let you know what happens, Don. I don't, I don't expect good things. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. 
If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. The single CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. We've got live streams, a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. So enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org as we go to the phones and to Scott in Winnipeg. Scott, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott in Winnipeg. Scott going once. Scott going twice. Let's try Rich in New Hampshire. Rich, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Rich? Hey, guys. Long time no hear. Hey, dude. Uh, you moved up from Utah. What was it about a year ago now? A little over a year ago. That's correct. Excellent. We've uh, we've actually had a few people calling in recently, and uh, we had, I think, Nakaya call in, who has also been in uh, New Hampshire now for a year as part of the Free State Project. Looking back yep, on your Nakaya first year... one of my neighbors here on the beach. Excellent. Looking back on your first year, uh, what's your uh, retrospective? How do you feel? Um, I'm, I'm glad I moved, especially looking at what's been happening in Utah recently. Uh, it uh, even made some of the local newspapers what they're uh, up to down there uh, with regards to uh, things like eminent domain. Mm. They're now uh, getting ready to pass a law there that says the uh, state can get rid of holdouts against eminent domain seizures if 80% of the surrounding properties are in favor of what they're doing. Oh, geez. So, so uh, ba- basically, they're, they're getting rid of people's ability to hold out against eminent domain. Excellent. Yeah. So you've enjoyed your first year in New Hampshire, and uh, I have fantastic. So what were you calling for tonight? I have, uh, well, I actually had a few comments for one of the callers you had earlier, the uh, the young man who was working in education, um, was worried about coming off as maybe a little bit of a radical, mm-hmm. and uh, he brought to mind a couple of comments that uh, that I've heard over the years from from several very wise people. Uh, one of them's name is Edie Rather. Uh, she wrote a book called Why Cats Don't Bark. Okay. And it's a really good book. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. Uh, one of the things she points out in there is that you can't think outside the box until you know what box you're in. I don't understand. Well, if, if you don't realize what your limitations are, how can, how can you think beyond them? You know, it's, it's a mistake that a lot of people make thinking that their own limitations are the proper measure of limitations for everyone else. Okay. That's one of the biggest problems with big government is that some people think that their idea of what good limits are, are is, is good for everybody. Well, maybe it's good for them, but not for somebody else. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. And that's, that's kind of where that's coming from. Another... Uh, and I'm I'm spacing out his name right now. He gave uh, was a photographer who gave a, a great seminar some years ago that I attended. And one of the things he said was that if you want to do something new and exciting, you have to be willing to be thought of as foolish and stupid. Right? Isn't it? Uh, oh gosh! Isn't it a Gandhi quote? The uh, to paraphrase it that basically says, you know, first they're going to laugh at you, then they'll, then you'll be violently opposed, and then next you win. I mean, it, that, that's how that's how all that's how it is with all ideas. Right. I mean, you, you remember when cell phones first came out? Everybody thought, who's want to take a 
a cell phone with them. Mm. And then there were people who wanted to make laws against cell phones and what a, what a horribly bad idea. And now you can't go anywhere without people, you know, everybody around you has cell phones. Right. And, you know, it's, it's also important. It's accepted now. Yeah. And it's important to remember that it is these idea men, the people that are out there with the what seem like radical ideas at first, the ones that are out there uh, speaking their minds and saying what they uh, what they feel. Uh, they're the ones that uh, the, the the idea people are the ones that really change things. You know, the people that are that are leading the way are the ones that we can look to and remember in history and point to them and say, yeah, yeah you know, if it weren't for so and so, then we might not think the way we do today. I mean, the, the, people used to think the world was flat. People thought Henry Ford was nuts. There you go, Rich. What do you great. want to make a carriage without a horse for? Thank you right? for the call, Rich. Great points. You go fifteen miles over fifteen miles an hour, it'll suck the air out of your lungs. <laughs> people thought that. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So today, people still believe in governments, and it's uh, my job to try to get them to understand that. Well, that's mistaken. Let's continue to the amplifier it's line. Your job to run a good radio show th- so that I can sell ads. Well, that's true, but. Uh, <laughs> That's something I want to happen. Let's go to David in Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live on the Amplifier line. Hey, dudes and dudettes. Hey, what's going on? Hey, I wanted to talk about uh, different ways people can uh, help promote uh, the cause of liberty, and uh, uh, specifically Ron Paul, I guess, right now. Okay. Um, I came up with a way. First, let me preface this by saying, uh, you know, I'm not much of an activist. Uh, You know, I'll join up, you know, these meetup groups and things like that and show up maybe once or twice, and then that's it. You know, I lose interest or whatever. Gotcha. But I found I figured out something that I can do personally that I think is a pretty cool idea, and that is uh, home brewing beer uh, with uh, like Liberty logos on the front. Um, I wa- I've always wondered if this is sort of how Sam Adams started. I mean, who came up with the idea of putting this radical founding father on the front of a beer? Is this guy a uh, is an anarchist? Because that's what Samuel Adams was. Yeah, maybe. I, I've always wondered. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. But in the meantime, I'm thinking uh, for the first couple of batches during this year, I'm thinking, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Paul on the front and maybe some of his memorable uh, quotes on the back. Yeah, that sounds good. And then, like a good idea. And then uh, later on, after the campaign is over, uh, just continue on with, uh, you know, historical figures of uh, the Titans in Liberty and uh, just putting their quotes on the back. Yeah, you know, if so. you've got the capital and the time and the effort uh, available to do it, then why not? Yeah, it sounds like a good idea. And people but, in the liberty know, movement tend to be pretty good about supporting other people in the liberty movement. I mean, for instance, Mark, after uh, you're done with the show tonight, you're going to be going out to sing karaoke at the Kaylee House, a, uh, a free stater-owned bar here mm-hmm. in the Keene area. And, uh, you know, the fact that it's a free stater-owned thing means that we're going to start sending them a little bit of extra business. So who knows? It might work out for you. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, that's the other thing I want to touch on. You know, I'll have to be giving this beer away. I'm sure there's uh, many, many hurdles that I would have to jump through to uh, try and sell it. You, uh, you think so? You don't think you can just brew a beer and sell a beer? I, I don't know. You know I don't especially know mail order? I have to research that. I would think mail order especially you could get away with these things. I wouldn't you expect think? to have beer for free. I mean, if you're going to buy alcohol, you expect to pay for it. Well, maybe, you know, after the campaign, but in the meantime, I would just give it away for uh, Dr. Paul, I think. You know what? If you can afford to do it, then I'm sure people would re- would really appreciate it, and, and maybe you could just accept donations and tell them you'll forward it on to uh, the Paul campaign or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea, too. David, any other thoughts? Uh, no, that's it. Uh, just want to tell Julia I love her laugh. <laughs> Thank you for the call. Thank I you. do, too. 800-259-9231 at the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. So, uh, Julia, we were going to talk about this story uh, out of Broward County. 
that Brevard. You have. Oh, excuse me, Brevard County, also in Florida, which is basically where I lived in Florida. Mm-hmm. Been- I live there too. And you went to the uh, government school there for a I short time. I did go to the government school there. I went to the government prison there. <laughs> oh, what a coincidence. So uh, 15-year-old Amaris Malheiser prepared for school Thursday morning using a thick black eyeliner to draw tear streaks dripping down her cheeks. Oh, dear God. Yeah. Now, I've got to say, on a personal level, I think that this fashion statement is very silly. But whatever. Some people are own. into it. Exactly. Yeah. A few hours later, she was pulled out of her Rockledge High English class and told to go home the second time this week for wearing the gothic makeup that it's administrators... It's because life is pain. <laughs> <laughs> for wearing the makeup that administrators had warned her to remove. But if you send me home, I'm just going to cut myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, to be fair, I don't really think that a lot of people that dress this way actually cut themselves. Probably. I think that it's yeah. more of just a pity party thing and kids, you know. You don't think they party? actually cut themselves? Some of the, I thought that was the emo kids. The, oh, both of them. Is it, wait, now is it a pity party thing or is it now, uh, is it just something alternative? Because I think it's both. I think it's different things for different people. Because now right, it's you in. Because now, right. now goth is big, right? I mean, it, it's it started big out as a few kids and now it's pretty big. It's right? basically. It is? Yeah, it's pretty big. Huh. It's like, if you're not hot enough to be preppy, you might as well be spooky. I, I don't know. Okay, it's well, I, I certainly see them going down the group. road, and, you know, it... They look ridiculous. It, it, well, it's been 20 years well, now, so do people. Well, so do the pearly girls. I mean, with their big yeah. sunglasses and They their look ridiculous, too. Rit- it's just another big group to fit into. Right, right, right. So it's they're another not high really... school clique. Exactly. But what they're doing is they're going to... The administrators, as we're going to find out here, are, are now actually picking on this one particular group of kids. We'll find out what's happening. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. We've got updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, you'll know first. If you're on the updates list, head over to updates.freetalklive.com to get on it. That's updates. FreeTalkLive.com as we continue the story from Brevard County, Florida, about the goth people. Now, for older for our older listeners that may not be uh, very aware of this, this is a pretty big trend, or at least I thought it was. Now my board operator, who is younger than we it, are, it is, might be dying. Although from what I've seen, and I'm not in high school, but from what I've seen, the I like to call them spooky because it's really just they wear black and they're kind of. They like death and stuff like that. They're all about... They paint their faces white right. to look like corpses, exactly. right? Exactly. It's kind of emerged with emo. Like, the emo kids are pretty spooky. So, I think goth is kind of on the way out. Emo standing for emotional. Right. It's a style of music and sort of a fashion and lifestyle that that surrounds that music. But they've kind they're of emerged the as like one, that. the spooky kids and the emo kids. Because he's saying, the board operator is saying that the emo thing is huge. Yeah, the emo thing the is huge. And the goth thing, not so much. But they're still kind of spooky. They still wear a lot of black, and they're sad and all that stuff. So okay. I kind of see it as just one. All that aside, what is the Brevard County uh, School Board doing? All right. Amaris is one of the 30 students trying to change the district's dress code policy, which they believe is outdated and curtails their freedom of expression. The students went before the school board this week to argue their case. 
Federal courts have been debating student speech and expression rights for years as school officials around the country struggle to balance the expectation of a safe learning environment with students' rights. It's really a difficult issue. Um, When you're talking about the government, that's where your rights exist. The government's not supposed to be able to tell you what you can and can't say. It shouldn't be able to tell you how you can and can't dress. Mm -hmm. Um, All these other issues the government shouldn't be able to do to you you can do on private property. For instance, if I don't want to let somebody into my restaurant who isn't wearing a shirt, I have that right. That's correct. In some states, actually, I don't have the right to let someone in my restaurant that doesn't have a shirt on, but that's beside the point. I can, you know, require all kinds of things from, you know, people in my business, Mm -hmm. but the government isn't supposed to make those limitations. And so that's really the problem with the government running schools in the first place. So what is the policy they're, they're trying to change? Uh, Brevard Public School dress code policy specifically prohibits gothic-style clothing or accessories, citing that such gear is tied to violence or death-oriented themes, hmm. which is well, not now, wait necessarily a true. Now, wait a minute. Wouldn't a cross t-shirt be tied to a death-oriented theme? <laughs> I guess it is. I mean, the Jesus, the Jesus allegedly died on the cross, and that's death. all about death. Well, you know that these things are, uh, that's not the way it's viewed. Right. Because it's not black. It's not black, so therefore it doesn't have to do with death. Look, who cares if it's a death-oriented theme? What's wrong with that? Uh, The debate over what students can wear even extends to the more demure khaki and polo garb now required in more public schools in Brevard. That always bothered me. They 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 always talked about the uniforms. Um, A lot of private schools have uniforms, but now public schools are starting to have uniform Mm -hmm. policies too, and that always really bothered me. See, now you... (laughs) I think uniforms make perfectly good sense, and if I were um, in charge of some kind of school board, now look, I don't believe in public schools, but if I were in charge, this is the way to solve these problems. Look, if you... if you let the kids wherever the, what, wear whatever they want, then you're going to have these problems. Kids are going to want to wear big baggy pants. Or... Who cares what they wear, though? I mean, kids, they're young. They have no way of expressing themselves. They don't really own anything. So wearing right. ugly clothes is what they do. Right. That, having uniforms de-individualizes people, in my opinion, and I think it's very uh, very wrong. It crea- creates, um, it, it creates animosity uh, amongst the groups. But there would still be, like what you're talking about, because a lot of people claim that's that uniforms are good because they wouldn't you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between the poor kids and the rich kids that is not true at all no, you I, know who the poor kids and the rich kids are everybody look, knows the the really the issue is is that people can't um set themselves apart so much um in the sense that you know it, it, that's what school's all about is clothes it's all about clothes and how you differentiate yourself, how much better they are than the jocks and how much better the jocks are than the goth kids. And, yeah, it's retarded. You know, this it is nonsense. retarded. And when you get out of high school, you realize how retarded it is. And thankfully, life gets better. But but no, okay, so they've banned, what is it, black clothing yeah. and things that have to do with death. With go- Well, that's what they say that the black clothing signifies. They right. didn't. That's not the specifics. They're, they banned gothic-style clothing. I see. So, and that's their reasoning. Because and what about it, makeup? And makeup. So you can't wear black gothic eyeliner. style makeup. You can't wear black eyeliner. But the pearlies probably have lipstick smeared all over their face right. and blue eyeshadow. See, this is not this is discrimination, and the government's not supposed to do that sort of thing. Now, again, if it's your private school, you can discriminate all you want, and we'd all love to see the government schools disappear tomorrow. But in the meantime, if you're going to ban black makeup, why shouldn't you also ban all other forms of makeup? 
I think that would just be fantastic to have all those pearly girls show up at school without being able They'd to actually put out. any makeup on. <laughs> I would just relish that. Look, I'm not saying it's fair, and that's that's one of the issues. I, I certainly don't believe in public school, but I think that the best way to solve this is uniforms. Amaris, a soft-spoken sophomore who said she's never been suspended and never received a grade lower than a C, argues that she has the right to her style of dress. She says her she sure clothing does. is part of her Wiccan religion. I would agree that she has the right to dress however she wants, and I would agree that uh, when it comes to uh, you know the government, that the government shouldn't be able to tell her how she is uh, is to dress, and that includes local and um, school governments or whatever. And you know, she said she is. Uh, she said she'd been kicked out twice in the last week, right? Right. Well, says, so what happens if you just keep wearing the the wrong clothes? They just keep kicking you out. Right. They'll just and, keep on uh, suspending you, and at some point or another, you're you know deprived of an education based on the fact that you like to draw silly black tears. You probably get a face. better education on your own anyway. But the silly black tears, I think those big white sunglasses that chicks wear today are ridiculous. I mean, those and likely they can't wear them in school because they're sunglasses. Probably. I could wear other sunglasses things in that are school. ridiculous. Well, you can't wear them in class, but I'm sure they walk around outside with them on. Right. right. It, I, I understand what you're saying. It's it's a preference issue. I I'm and I believe that she has the right to do those things. I just think that the best way to solve this problem is uniforms. Uh, if you, uh, I'd like to hear what you think about the uniform thing at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But go ahead and keep. Uh, if there's more to the story, I get pulled out of classes, stopped in the hallways, all because they say our makeup is a distraction. She says, I think basically it's a ploy against people who are different. I'm very un- I'm very tired of the unfair treatment that we've all been given. Uh, let's see. We've we've asked her to comply. This is a quote from the principal. We've asked her to comply and told her what the consequences are. We didn't make the policy, but we are bound by our jobs to enforce it. <laughs> like the cops. A crackdown on teen goths nationwide. You know, it's really the cop out that bureaucrats use. Oh yeah. Look, I have been I, I have been given this duty by the taxpayers, by the voters, and I must carry it out. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to have to chop off your head now. Except it wasn't the voters, it was the school board. Right, and they just do whatever they want. Sure. A crackdown on teen goths nationwide followed the 1999 Columbine Massacre, which two Colorado teens uh, wearing trench Were they even goths? Yes. Well, they had trench coats and they were wearing black. Oh, I see. But I remember that. I remember when that happened because I was still in school at the time. I was in middle school, and they, they did start cracking down. They started saying kids couldn't wear big coats and kids couldn't wear black and all kinds of nonsense. Um. Wow. Yeah. There's so much misconception and, and miscommunication that led that leads to this hysteria. Just because kids are wearing black or have a facial piercing, we automatically attach that to disruptive behavior when most of the time these kids are well-behaved. No other style subgroup, such as hip-hop, skater, or preppy, is specifically listed in Brevard in the Brevard Public Schools policy. So they actually name goth yeah, in name, their policy? It's called gothic-style clothing. Wow. So, but now they decide what goth is and not the kids themselves. You know, I mean, I don't know. It just what really bugs me about the Columbine thing is they they when that was done, they did blame it on on the style of clothing. Mm-hmm. However, anybody who's been to school recently, and I'm sure it was the same way when you were in school, Mark, knows that it had everything to do with the fact that the kids kids are mean. And right. The they were being picked snapped. on. They were being picked on by the uh, the bullies. Well, it's a it's a whole bunch of things. I mean, those those kids were unhinged, too. I'm not. I don't justify those what those kids did at all. I think it's terrible. Mm-hmm. But kids are mean, and they get picked on and picked on and picked on, and until some of them are going to snap. Some of them snap. Yep. yep. It had nothing to do with what color clothes. Right. They and were some wearing. of them are going to pick on p- kids. You know. Yep. 
Right. It's very clear that this uh, particular school board is singling out one particular subgroup of students, and uh, I think that's outrageous. I think it's wrong to suggest that uh, goth dress style is more distracting than some pearly girl wearing, uh, you know, these shorts that are three inches long. I mean, that's not distracting. Uh, Or a tank top with your breasts hanging out. Right. I mean, so... That's just their opinion, and there's all kinds of things that kids do to be distracting and to get attention. And you know what? If you didn't give them the attention, and if you didn't create all these rules and make all these demands of them, then maybe they would just get over it and and move on. I think if these adults didn't find it such a, didn't uh, take it so seriously, and when they it were, be a big deal. When they were, when they were children, their parents didn't like what they wore. That's probably true. Or on the way, you can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 3 is coming up. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231 as we launch into hour number three. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Let's start things out here this hour by going right into the phone calls and talk to Scott in Winnipeg. Scott, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hi, everybody. Hello. What's on your mind? Well, like a lot of people this week, uh, I had a son that started school for the first time in kindergarten. Okay. And so there's been, you know, I've been listening to Free Talk Live a lot about uh, public schools and you know, made me think about things I never really thought about before. Sure. And so now, with my son going to public school, um, my my first child going, I was thinking, you know, is this what I want to do, or what are my options? And I've been looking at different things, and it, it started getting me thinking about how, you know, if I chose not to take him to public school, I'm going to have people knocking on my door. Sure, because it's illegal to not put your kids in the government school. That's right, and and then. Now, what this started to make me think is, okay, wait, my, I, I'm the parent, right? Who are they to tell me what to do? They're the men now, with guns. Exactly. And, and this sort of got me thinking about this other sort of related aspect. But Because uh, as I mentioned before on the show, I work at an Aboriginal television station in, in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a little you know, attuned to Aboriginal issues. And, and um, in the early 1900s, uh, the government took Aboriginal children out of their homes and put them into what we call in Canada residential schools, hmm. uh, what you call in the States reservation boarding schools. Basically, they were taken away from their parents, you know, against their will, taken to these schools where they would live for 10 years or however long. Uh, they weren't allowed to speak their language. They weren't allowed to... Indoctrinated to, very thoroughly. Oh, totally. The, the idea was to beat the Indian out of them. Yeah, apparently how it was. It was described. And, wow. and it's caused a huge problem with... I, I, now, I'm not sure about the states, I only know about Canada, but as far as Aboriginal culture, because so many of them lost their language, lost, they didn't know how to, they didn't have parents, they had nuns and priests that were in the schools, there's tons of sexual abuse. Um, so because my son went to public school, and I don't think anything like that's happening at the school, of course, but it just got me thinking about, about you know, choice and freedom and being able to educate my son how I want to, and, and I've been thinking about this lately, my last two years of high school were really kind of a waste of time. Really, if I was done, say if we had graduation at 16 years old, you know, grade 10, then you can go 
to vocational school or go find a job or do whatever you want to do and get started on your life. I mean, going to school till you're 18, that's a long time. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel the same way about uh, my time in school as well. Yeah, and I think, uh, and not that it's not worthwhile like the last two years, but really it didn't do anything for me as far as what I'm going to use in my everyday life. You yeah, know, like, it, it seems like, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, think of all these careers out there. I mean, how much math does a plumber need? How much, um, how much English does a uh, mechanic need? I mean, these are both careers that make good money oh, yeah. in today's um, culture. And it just seems like you could, at 16 years old... If you could you be apprenticing already. If you were really excited about being a plumber... I, I don't know why, but somebody's excited maybe you about know it. how much money they make. Right. That would be one reason to be excited about being yeah. a plumber. Um, or you are really excited, and I, a lot of young guys are very excited about being, uh, you know, uh, mechanics. You could be so much farther along. Think of if you, if you started at fourteen. Yeah, yeah, go exactly. to a trade school, learn the trade. If if that's what you want to do, I mean, if you want to be a manager at Walmart, then go work at Walmart. And but work you know, I've been ladder. to the I've been to the trade school um, for uh, being an auto mechanic, and it taught me in 1989 how to fix a carburetor. <laughs> you know, I, you, they don't even have the they didn't they weren't using them then. I, I think the only vehicle in 1989 that might have had a carburetor in it was the Ford Mustang. So they were still teaching carburetors. Hmm. I think the very best way to, is to go and say, look, you know, go to the local mechanic shop for them not to be limited uh, in what age they hire and say, look, I want to be a mechanic. What now, can I do? Some people, and you, you sweep up and, and clean, around, clean around the mechanics and, right. and learn. Yeah, that's the best way is by getting in there and doing it, learning from real people. There's, I mean, for some things you need to learn the theory before you can do the practice, but for a, a trade, I mean, you get out there and do it like I I went to a trade school for media, and, uh, I mean, I learned a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. But my first month really working in the workplace, that's when I learned all the really important stuff because you're forced to. You're, jump, you're, you're, you're working. People are dependent upon you. You have to learn. Right. A degree and, is really just a license to learn. Yeah. Here, here you go. And, and, and another thought is because I, I have a friend who sort of works in film, and she just moved to Toronto to go to a two-year film school. And I thought to myself, you're already doing it, though. Like, why do you need to go – back to school and, and spend all this money and all this time when you, you're already in it. You know, just keep doing it. Right. Grab and, a DV cam and start shooting and, uh, you know, yeah. ingest your footage into your computer and play with the editing program. I mean, and what you can take, Yeah, you can take classes here and there to upgrade, but I don't just see the point in going back to a full-time schooling when you're already yeah. in the business. I think there really isn't a point, but what there is is just indoctrination amongst the population that this is what the right thing to do is. If you, you didn't go to school, you can always go back. It's never too late. Yeah. And you school's know. a business. They sell those things. Yes. And uh, you people know, don't realize that. I've got no problem with uh, getting a degree. It's it's very valuable if that's the way you learn best. Caveat emptor, though. It, uh, take it, treat it as any other business. Any other business making a sales pitch to you. You wouldn't just go ahead and buy that vacuum cleaner. That guy showed up at your front door and said, this is the back, best vacuum cleaner in the world. Let me fr- vacuum your carpet for you. I'll show you. Here, just pour some dirt all over. You wouldn't necessarily buy that vacuum cleaner. If you were a good consumer, you'd consider it maybe as an option. If you were looking for a vacuum cleaner, you'd do your due diligence. You'd research the cleaner, the other options, the, you know, the, uh, the option of purchasing a, a hiring a maid and all the other different things you can do in the marketplace. But people just take schools for granted. Uh, they take it for granted that they must go to school because that's what they've always been told. Uh, but it, I like that, Mark. It is a business just like any other business. And some people can use their services, like people that want to become doctors and lawyers and that sort of thing. And some people, they don't need it at all. Thanks for the call, yeah, man. We appreciate it, cool. Scott. Yeah. And it just shows that free choice is 
the best way to go. Absolutely, and good luck with your uh, your son and uh, your your child and, and getting them a good education. Appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's got to be frustrating uh, as a parent to not want to put your kids in the government school system, but maybe to not necessarily be able to afford to send your kids to a private school because you're paying property taxes already, mm-hmm. and then you'd have to pay for a private school on top of that, or not being able to have the time to, to homeschool because maybe you just you don't you get a little bit of debt and you have to work in order to uh, keep that debt from mounting up on you. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be really frustrating. Yeah, it, it can't be easy. That's for sure. My mom always tells me that she wished that she had put me in private school from the beginning. Then you wouldn't have turned out like you did. Yeah. I wouldn't be here if I if I went to private school, that's for sure. 1-800-259-9231. Let's continue with the calls. Talk to Jeremy in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, Ann and Julie and Mike. How's it going, y'all? Excellent. It's, it's good. What's up? <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to bring back up what y'all were talking about earlier about the way people dressed. Uh, I mean, if you want to dress like an idiot and wear... Your pants hanging down your butt and stupid white shades on, or mm-hmm. why, why can't you run around and look that way? Everybody knows who the idiots are. Yeah, if you want to like a phantom Darth Vader freak? Go ahead. Now we know who the freaks are. You know. <laughs> uh, now you know. <laughs> Very good. Be an sir. idiot all you want. Yeah. I, why? Why should all kids be forced to dress the same? That's like being in the military. Yeah. I mean, that's what they do to you in the military. They shave your head and they put you in the same color fatigues as everybody else because the purpose of the military is to de-individualize you. You are supposed to be an army of one. You're all supposed to be the same entity. And I don't think that hey, we should be teaching hey, kids you know, the same I'm, I'm a painter and uh, I dress in white. You know, people know what I do. Uh, if you think it's cool to run around looking like a dork, then go for it. That's yep. what I'm saying. You know, and the other thing is, is that we keep these kids in school so long that they can get away with it. Where in the world, besides working at say a, a, a odd fashion, jewel, odd fashion place, maybe a jewelry place, maybe a hairdresser shop or something, like where can you dress like this and get away with it and get a job? There aren't very uh, many options. I think that um, they they just want attention is why people. That's why I had long right. hair a teenager. Yeah, everybody yep. wants attention. That's and, the, and no, no doubt it. about that. And they're getting it. Long-haired, leather-head, banger, wannabe biker. And there you go. You got I'm it, Jeremy. A- Thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate it. At 800-259-9231, they absolutely want attention, and this school board is giving it to them in spades. There's a policy that pre- that specifically prevents these young people from wearing the clothes that they want to wear. Let them wear it. And then you've got Atlanta, Georgia, trying to uh, emulate the cities in uh, Louisiana that have banned saggy pants. Mm. Oh, goodness. I don't know anybody who thinks saggy pants are cool. And it's the same thing, Mark. You can't get a job with saggy pants on, so eventually reality's going to hit home for these kids. In the meantime, let them wear the silly stuff. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free. We've got the archives, an entire year's worth of the show, front page of the website for your downloading convenience at freetalklive.com. So enjoy those on us. Sickle CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. 
Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. All right, 800-259-9231 is our phone number, and uh, let's talk about birds. Mark, you've got a story about a man who's in a bit of trouble for helping save one of them. Can you believe it? I mean, it's you'd think the government would be all about helping people and and making sure that the, the little birdies were safe, but, well, what happens when it... Uh, the birdies come in conflict with the the kitties. Hmm. Apparently, um, in Texas, an avid bird bird watcher um, managed to see saw a feral cat stalking a um, an endangered bird, bird, shorebird of some sort. Let me let me go on here. Galveston, Texas. Before he pulled the trigger, before the car chase, before the cops ran him down and threw him in jail, Jim Stevenson had a calm look at the Texas penal code and the judge that would uh, per- permit radical measures in defense of a piping plover. not sure exactly what a piping plover is. Hmm. This month, a, like a, a jury may decide if the 54-year-old founder of the Galveston Ornithological Society was acting within his rights when he uh, impeded the progress of a bird-stalking predator by means of a bullet. Mr. Stevenson is due to stand trial for the felony of cat murder. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um. So it's 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 a scary little story, and you know that that's a that's a short one. They uh, shortened it up there. It's uh-huh. been so long since this um happened, but he was arrested and charged with uh, animal cruelty, and he could face two years in prison for shooting a feral cat wow. that was stalking up an endangered bird. Now it seems to me that the endangered bird comes higher on the uh, hierarchy of needs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more important than the feral cat. But well, now that's it's only endangered because the government said so. Well, there's there's a list of a bunch of uh, beasties that the government claims are endangered. That it's, it's kind of questionable. Their list. I understood, but there's clearly fewer of them than there are feral cats. That's probably true. And I, I'm not saying that the endangered species list is in any way helpful to the animal that's in fact endangered. Right. I don't know. I, there's there's evidence on both sides um, that you know some of some animals have come back. Sometimes mm-hmm. you, you wonder whether they're counted properly. Whatever. Sometimes people can make the argument that being on the endangered species list, in fact, endangers the animal further. Right, because it increases its value on the black market and that sort of thing. But there's no doubt that there's fewer Pacific plovers or whatever that thing was called um, than there are uh, feral cats. So I would think that shooting the cat, good. But apparently, no, not so much. Um, you know, and who owns the wild, feral, endangered cat and you know that's what i was just going to ask i mean if you shoot someone's house cat the person can bring charges against you for right. shooting their pet but i mean who is this just the state found out that someone shot a feral cat and decided to bring charges against the guy well i guess that there was a uh there was in fact a uh what do you call it a land you know a warden a land warden or whatever over there and happened to see the guy pop the cat but does the state own the cat because the because the cat was on state property at the time. Do you not have the version of this? I've seen this story, and there's a version of it where a man claims has come in to claim that he owns the cat because he's feeding it, like a guy that runs the park or something. The link that I had had a significantly longer story than when I finally it. pulled it up here. Now it's at two paragraphs long. Right. I don't have mine in front of me, uh, but from my from what I recall about the story. They were saying that, well, you know, if it really wasn't owned by anybody, then they couldn't do very much. But there's somebody who claims to have uh, fed the cat once, even though it's a, it is a feral cat. It is not being kept. 
so the question was, well, is this this man's pet? Is is him leaving out a bowl of milk sufficient to make it his pet? And I think that was one of the the questions in the right. case. Right. There was a uh, there, there was there was a guy who worked at the uh, the, the government uh, the park, or the whatever, park yeah. and he would uh, you know leave a little bit of food and milk out for the cat and, and so he claimed right I think so, he might have just claimed that after the fact but who knows yeah well it, it's diffi- it would it would be difficult to prove one way or the other um, I mean you know if 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 somebody went there and said well show me the cat food then um, you might be able to figure it out but you know no one's gonna no they're not gonna do that they're gonna take the government employee's word for it and now this uh because the government employee says this happened, this poor guy who's simply trying to protect an endangered bird is facing two years in jail, yeah, wow. And then we all get to pay to feed and, and clothe and house him for two years. That's yeah. lovely. You know, of course, this is a problem created by the government in the first place. The government created the endangered species list and put a whole bunch of little beasties on it. And uh, and then the government created parks, uh, government created parks that are run by the state that uh, they've got all these insane rules. Look, if they were private parks, then you'd be able to, you would know uh, upon entering that park whether or not you were allowed to hunt there and what you were and were not allowed to right. hunt and what the rules were. There's, and, there's a lot of problems with this. Um, you know the the what about the, the the employee the government employee that says that he owns the cat because he put out a little bit of milk for mm-hmm. it right well is he then responsible for his cat killing a um, an endangered, endangered species? bird right yeah I, mean, I don't think that you can charge a cat with a crime so who yeah knows? well no I don't think you can but shouldn't if it's his cat and he's responsible right if, and you know the guy's responsible for having shot the cat isn't the uh, owner quote unquote um, the owner of the cat just as responsible if the cat does something. Um, like, you know, killing an endangered species. This is an, yeah. an entirely just so messed up case that um, I I don't know. I don't even know what to do with it. It's it's so crazy. All I can tell you is parks shouldn't exist. And, government parks. I right, like government, parks. Right, government parks shouldn't exist, um, and, you know, there wouldn't be the problem. So uh, I think you're right, Mark. I mean, as far as your question about... Imagine if it was more of a, a neighborhood situation, right? Imagine if you've got a, a neighbor with a pit bull, you know, big angry pit bull, and some endangered little critter comes into their yard, and the pit bull tears it to pieces, and one of some busybody neighbor spots it and calls the Endangered Protection Act government mm-hmm. bureaucracy. You better believe they're going to send out bureaucrats and say, you know what, you should have known this was a endangered species. You need to have this dog on a leash, and it does not need to be running around the backyard killing endangered species. At least I imagine that would happen, because the government wants to position itself as being the protector of the endangered species. So it wants to, it wants that symbolic appeal. Mm. You know? uh, let's go to the phones and to the fun. Talk to Vincent in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello, Vincent. Hello. Hey, what's um, on your mind? Uh, pardon? What's on your mind? I wanted to talk about the goth in the school. Okay, yeah. The uh, Brevard County schools in Florida are banning all black clothing as well as gothic-style uh, makeup. Well, I was going to say it's a problem of public property. You have one group of people who says, yes, you should have... Pardon. You have one group that says, yes, we should allow these clothes, and then you have another one that says, no, you shouldn't. When one happens, the other group gets angry. Right. So one group gets in control, and they get to wield their power, uh, the school board's power, over the group that they don't like. Uh, and, you know, eventually, if a gothic group got in control, 
then they might be able to ban uh, the you know the jocks from wearing their baseball caps. You know, their little white caps with the sports team names on them that they love to wear. Or at least they did when I was in school. As far as I know, they still do. Um, and so it's just people pulling for control over the apparatus of violence. That is the government. And it's, uh, it's a sickness. Thanks for the call, man. More on the way. You can take control. Bring up whatever's on your mind. We've got Eric in Michigan who wants to talk about the dollar. And also, we'll tell you about two cops that killed a four-year-old. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. That's 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com, where the features are for free. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners with dozens and dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's about. Shrine.freetalklive.com. It's free, of course. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. If this bothers you, well, it should because it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com. For the sleep you've been dreaming of, that's SavvyRest.com. 800-259-9231 is the number for us. Let's go to the phones and talk to Eric in Michigan. Eric, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Good evening, all. Hey there. What's on your mind? You guys have uh, had advertisements for D2Z, and I've heard a lot of hullabaloo about uh, you know the dollar crashing and whatnot. The thing that gets me is if the dollar is going to crash, and if it's in your uh, best interest to buy gold, why are these companies out there buying your dollars? Well, you need uh, FRNs in order to, uh, to to make things work in this world. I mean... That's just the way that is. Right, so they can buy those dollars and you know spend them on other things that people will still accept dollars for. And the fact is, the dollar does have value today. It, it's about ninety something percent of the value, or excuse me, a three like what is it, six percent of the value it used to have? Three. It's, it's really just dropped tremendously in value over the last hundred years. Um, so, it, but it's still worth something. And so, you know, the economy has to go on. And because of, oh gosh, what is the law? There's a law that says that bad money is spent before good money. Oh, I can't remember what the Gresham, name of it is. Is it Gresham's law? That sounds right. Uh, there's a law that says that essentially, if you get a, a piece of gold and a hundred dollars or seven hundred dollars. You know, uh, U.S. dollars, greenbacks. You're going to spend the the uh, the money that's worth less first, because you intrinsically know that that gold is actually worth something, something far more than the dollars, and so you're going to stow that away in your safe or under your mattress or something like that. And so that's the reason why so many people are out doing business in dollars, because they still can, and uh, and also because it's mandated by law as well. Right, but that sounds like an argument for D2Z to hang onto the gold. I mean, what's the use in them selling it to us for our dollars if, in fact, our dollars are going to be worthless? Well, first off, D2Z does not sell gold. They sell, um, you know, newsletters and uh, the opportunity to buy stocks and um, gold mining companies and all kinds of other things. They D2Z is a website, um, which apparently you haven't been to take a look um, before your call, where they uh, sort of give people ideas on what might they might do in order to uh, plan for the dollar dropping to zero. 
Okay, well, I know there's companies that do sell gold. Absolutely. Cash, so. Midas, um, which Midas is, Resources. Midas yeah. Resources sells gold. Why wouldn't Midas hold on to all the gold if they thought the gold was going to go up? That would be a great question for Ted Anderson, the uh, the head of Midas Resources, but we can certainly speculate. But, I think that they've got a lot of gold, and uh, you know, it's their business to sell people gold, um, and they're, you know, they're getting their hands on gold. It's more of it's coming out of the earth at all times. Um, so while the dollars are still worth something, you can trade this gold for it that you've pulled from the earth, get some of those dollars and go and expand your business and buy the things, the other things that you need in life because you can't go to Kmart and put a piece of gold down on the counter, at least at this point in our lives, and actually purchase products with it. And that. I'm sure that Ted Anderson, the uh, president of Midas Resources, has, a, has a, a great deal of gold that he keeps for himself. I imagine he does. But at the same time, um, you know, he buys it at a wholesale rate. He gives people you know, a wholesale rate and he sells it at a retail rate. And right. so, it's I mean, buying in bulk. That's business. Yeah. That's how uh, any collectible is done and that's what he might have sells mostly as numismatics they sell collectible coins as opposed to bullion coins there you go eric any other thoughts have a good night thanks dude thank you sir let's go to mike in california mike you're on free talk live with the julia and mark mike did mike go i think we lost mike mike uh yeah i'm here we got you what's on your mind uh i was actually just calling about uh on monday's show you guys were talking about how uh how we discovered uh liberty and I just want to let you guys know, I actually just recently discovered you guys, just last weekend, uh, on your podcast while I was uh, searching for something else, and really just wanted to say thanks. I, well, thank you. you know, sure, man. We I, appreciate you I, listening. What were you? Uh, how did you find us? What was the uh, the process? I was actually just looking for a, a news show, um, a, a news podcast. Were you on and iTunes you guys, or a certain website? Yeah, I was on iTunes, and you guys just happened to come up, and... I started listening to some of your previous podcasts, mm-hmm. and I just I didn't know there was this type of movement out there. It's just amazing to see there are other people who um, who just want freedom. And did you feel uh, when, you, when you heard the show? Did you feel like wow, you know, there actually are there people out there that think the way that I do, or was it sort of a shock to the system? Uh, how was how was your initial feeling when you came across Free Talk Live? It, well, it was a shock. I just I didn't know that there was uh, there were so many people involved in. Um, you know, wanting to maintain their freedom, and I just felt, you know, that I had to keep myself quiet because there was no one out there that uh, would agree with me, or I felt that, you know, if I if I spoke up and said anything about my uh, liberties, my freedoms being taken away from me, mm-hmm. that I would be ostracized, and just to see that there are so many people involved in that. I totally, I totally understand where you're coming from. There are so many people that are like you that they feel all alone. They feel like everybody's a Republican and a Democrat, and they just want to control either my life, you know, or the the, the way uh, my moral system, or they want to control my pocketbook. And uh, you know, they, you just feel pulled at from all different sides, and you don't realize that there really is a movement of people out there that feels the way that you do. And it's thanks to the internet uh, that we can actually finally all connect with one another now, and and uh, reinforce force one another and, and uh, keep us going. Uh, you know, the Ron Paul movement, of course, is helping bring new people into the fold. Uh, iTunes, helping people find Free Talk Live. And, uh, and of course, from here, you can branch out and you can help spread the message of freedom as well. And I hope that, uh, that you'll be inspired to, uh, to become not just a listener, but also a, a pro, pro, pro-freedom activist. Because, you know, the fact is, the more you talk about these things, the more people you come across that might have felt the same way that you did, but you didn't necessarily know it, 
they'll light up and you know the the light will go off in their mind and and they'll get excited too that maybe there is a chance to turn this around maybe maybe we really can have liberty in our lifetimes certainly it's more possible now than it ever has been in the past yep i I completely agree hopefully someday soon we can live in a country where we're completely free from the oppressions of government and you know just don't have anyone telling us what to do. We Mike, I'm glad live. you're out there listening, and thank you for the call. We appreciate it. 1-800-259-9231. You never know whose life you're going to touch. When you're talking about liberty, whether it just be out uh, out and about, you happen to run into some people or whatever and uh, with a friend, and you just start chatting, and yep. they say you're not supposed to talk about politics, but... This isn't necessarily politics. This is liberty. This is freedom. These are the issues. Mm. These are the issues that are critical to our lives. Why shouldn't we be talking about these things? I do it all the time. And the one thing I'm amazed at is um, how much people agree with the things that I say when I'm at, right. You know, and you know, it's got to be New Hampshire because they certainly didn't agree with the things I said <laughs> in Sarasota. Um, but I, also, I've probably become a little uh, better at uh, presenting them than I used to be. So, you know, I still I, though even you think you're radical, right? I do and, think that I am radical. And this is what Julia was coming across today. Julia and I were talking about her campaign for city council and I said, "Julia, you're already acting like a politician. You're already sitting over there trying to, you know, craft your words so that you won't offend anybody and that uh, people will feel good about what you're saying." And I my suggestion is that you want to be different. Well, you want to be a voice that is uh, is unusual and something they're not used to hearing. I certainly understand that. I do want to be different. However, I don't want to come off as just so extreme. Like if I come out and I say, "Let's I propose we get rid of the public schools and we fire all the police well, you don't say wait. it that you know, way. It's not get rid of the public schools. It's hand over control to the teachers. And Mark said things like that on his show, on his television show here in Keene. And just today, somebody walked up to you in the street as you were getting out of your car. Yeah. What did they say to you? Uh, he said, hey, I know you. You're Mark Edge. And it was this is a guy I've never met in my life. Mm-hmm. But in fact, he's watching this uh, public access channel. And he's like, you know, I agree with 95% of the things you say. You're right on. Thanks for doing that show. It's the only show that I watch on that channel. Right. There are a, it, is my, it is my position that there are a lot of people out there like that guy who have been waiting, waiting for people to talk about liberty again and talk about freedom in a way that is very, very uh, obvious, very, uh, very noticeable, and, uh, and worth talking about. And that's what we're giving people on Free Talk Live. That's what you're giving people on their uh, on your show, Mark. And mm-hmm. I think that's what Julia and other candidates that are running for office should give people in political campaigns. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves even in these remaining moments. Just enough time for your call if you make it now at 800-259-9231. The Sakel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. We're going to talk about something unpleasant and then something very pleasant. First, the bad stuff. The cops. Allentown, Pennsylvania. As the out-of-control police cruiser hurtled toward them Wednesday night, Crystal Legrand grabbed her two youngest children and took cover behind a wall. Legrand's boyfriend snatched up her eldest, a four-year-old boy named uh, Devier, trying to reach safety, too. But they couldn't escape. The patrol car struck them, killing Davier Legrand and shattering the boyfriend's legs. Mm. Furious, residents later massed at the crash scene and threw bottles and rocks at the police. 
On Thursday, the mayor apologized to the family, took responsibility for the crash. He wasn't driving. No. Uh, and said the city would pay the family's funeral expenses. Well, isn't that nice? Yes, well, so the so. taxpayers of Allentown are paying for it. Right. Well, they just lost right. their four-year-old boy, and all they get out of it is a uh, you know $2,000 casket. Says uh, He said, I want to express my deepest condolences and our most sincere apologies. I'm a parent myself, and I can't imagine blah, blah, blah. Two officers, one a rookie, the other an eight-year veteran, had been responding to the same report of a man with a gun when their cruisers collided at a downtown intersection. One of the cruisers slid onto the sidewalk just a half block from LeGrand's home. Crystal remembers the car coming toward them and said her uncle, David Jones, or said her uncle, David Jones, the family spokesman, she grabbed the baby in the stroller and she grabbed the daughter and ran to the other side of the wall. Her boyfriend grabbed Davia and tried to move away but couldn't. Another witness said, first you heard the sirens, then you heard the tire screech, and then you heard the bang. The little boy was laying there, severed in half. Gosh. Uh. The boyfriend, Jason Marcella, who's 20, was hospitalized. Police said his injuries were not life-threatening. Jones says he believes it's clear that the police are culpable if you have two police cars speeding to the same scene and there's no recognition they're both approaching the same intersection. Obviously, something's wrong. What in the hell were they doing? They were responding to a call about a man with a gun. Aren't you paying attention as you're driving? Can't you see that there's a speeding police cruiser coming the exact opposite direction as you? I suppose it could have been uh, colliding around a corner or something like that. But it just goes to show, you know, maybe recklessly driving around uh, is not necessarily the smartest idea for these police officers. Witnesses said one of the cruisers had a green light, the other a red light. Police Chief uh, Roger McLean said departmental rules and state law allow officers to run red lights with caution when responding to a possible crime scene. Right. Obviously, officers have to proceed to any incident with care. Residents tossed bottles and rocks at the police and cursed at them following the accident, which took place in a poor, heavily minority neighborhood where tensions with the police have run high. Uh, So, you know, their kid's dead. She says, or her wife, uh, excuse me, the uh, the mom says, my son was standing there playing with the leaves. He didn't know he was never going to see me again. God. It just came out of nowhere. Mm. Just a cop car comes screeching around the corner, collides with another cop car, and they uh, cut this boy in half. Just sad. Yeah. You know, what can be done to stop this? I don't know. Um, for one thing, why are they responding to a man with a gun call, um, at, you know, going that quickly? Right. It, isn't it the, the Second Amendment? Um, doesn't the Second Amendment say that a man's allowed to have a gun? They are supposed to be cautious when going through red lights, which means they're supposed to slow down, let everybody see that they're coming through with their lights mm-hmm. so they can move through the intersection because it's dangerous otherwise. People that have green lights, they don't know that you're coming. And, uh, I mean, whether or not it was another cop car that happened to be involved, the issue was with the cop who ran the red light. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> people in this town where we live, um, you know, I I just needed a rental, and somehow or another, I ended up in what they call the bad section of town here in Keene. Mm-hmm. Now I'm of which the opinion, is, a, is a joke, right? I'm of the opinion there is no bad section of Keene, but um, <laughs> there's some rundown. Every areas. once in a while, somebody will say something like that. I'm like, the most dangerous thing about the <laughs> section of town where I live is the cop cars speeding up and down the road. Yeah. I mean, you could literally die from that. Right. As as far as it being a bad section of town, please, you don't people don't know what a bad section of town is. Yeah, exactly. All right, so I just wanted to share that one with you. Just another outrageous cop story. But here's a little bit of good. Uh, here's a good bit of good content. Happy, happy stuff. I don't know if it's even really news, but research by the University of Albany, according to ScienceDaily.com, shows that information can be conveyed by a kiss. It can have profound consequences for romantic relationships, and can even be a major factor in ending one. 
According to a recently published article, uh, these experts reveal that many college students have found themselves attracted to someone, only to discover after they kissed them for the first time that they were no longer interested. Yeah, just poof, it goes away. Now you're laughing, Julia. Has this ever happened to you? Um, yes. Okay. I guess that's all you want to tell us then, huh? <laughs> it was so long ago that I don't even... I can say that this has happened to me on a few occasions, sure. Is it that necessarily that they're a bad kisser or yes. just that it just didn't work? Bad kisser, probably bad smells. You know how, how people are... Smell is essentially what you're attracted to, even if you right. don't even realize it. even if you don't it. notice it. Yeah, and when you get that close to a person, if they just it, you just don't work together, it, you find out. And just, I don't know, when you get close to somebody, you can find that maybe their hygiene isn't as great as you thought it was, mm-hmm. and, and things like that. I would also like to interject here, having a, a little more experience in life, um, that it's not just hygiene and people smell bad because they take bad care of themselves. Mm-hmm. I believe that there's chemistry in people that works and doesn't work. Oh, yeah, that's what I think she was yeah, referencing. Yeah, that's what I was saying right. the, before Pheromones I... Re- or whatever. Right. Yeah, like, that, you know, you can... Right. Like, for instance, uh, uh, kissing a person can taste bad simply because your chemicals don't right. work well with that person. Exactly. And that's what they're talking about here. Uh, for instance, in other words, they said, an ev- evolutionary psychologist said, while many forces lead two people to connect romantically, the kiss, particularly the, uh, particularly the first kiss, can be a deal breaker. The University of Albany study also found sex differences in the importance and the type of kissing. Males tended to kiss as a means to an end, to gain sexual favors or, <laughs> really? what a surprise. or to reconcile. This is news. <laughs> in contrast, females kiss to establish and monitor the status of their relationship and to assess and periodically update the level of commitment on the part of a partner. In a sample of 1,041 college students, researchers found only five who had never experienced romantic kissing and more than 200 who estimated having kissed more than 20 partners. Wow. According to the study, kissing between sexual or romantic partners occurs in more than 90% of human cultures. Some non-humans, such as chimpanzees and bonobos, appear to engage in kissing-like behaviors as well. Those damn bonobos. Although kissing is a widespread practice among humans, few scientists have attempted to assess the adaptive significance of kissing behavior. Saying uh, the effort, uh, the expert rather said, kissing is part of an evolved courtship ritual. When two people kiss, there's a rich and complicated exchange of information involving chemical, tactile, and postural cues. This might activate evolved uh, evolved mechanisms that function to discourage reproduction among individuals who are uh, genetically incompatible. So essentially, saying that Mm. when you kiss, there's that there are those subtle chemicals that are exchanging, and you know whether it it's either going to tell you this is right or this is wrong, and that's a good thing. You should follow your instinct on that. In that, uh, it's your body essentially telling you, "Whoa, this person is not compatible with you." I I had a girlfriend and. You know, it was we couldn't lay together because we would begin to itch. The both of us would begin to scratch each other and get red skin. Wow. Um, we didn't obviously stay together very long, but that's unusual. Yeah, I mean, we our chemistry just simply did not go together. Nice girl, still talk to her, mm-hmm. but. You know, we couldn't, you do? we couldn't be, to, be, right. be with each other. According to the researchers, not only do females place more emphasis on kissing, but most would never engage in sex without kissing. Females were more like, do, do guys think that they can get away with that? I, I, would, would they try to get away with that? I, I don't know. I, to me, that's, uh, I, I wouldn't want to either. I, I wouldn't be interested in that. Right. I wouldn't either, necessarily. 
Anyway, uh, females are more likely than males to insist on kissing before a sexual encounter and more likely to emphasize the importance of kissing during and after sexual encounters as well. By comparison, males said they'd be happy to have sex without kissing, and far more males than females expressed a willingness to have sex with someone who was not a good kisser. Yeah, well... Yeah, that's like I said, not news. (laughs) What is it about these guys uh, that are just not interested in pleasing a lady? Well, it's not that. It's just no. no, That is what it is. No, the answer. That's not it at all. Um, They were asked a question: How would you feel about? And you know, they would. I don't care what their answer to the question was. I'm talking about guys that aren't interested in pleasing a lady. And there are plenty of them out there. Right. Julia has a guy at work, for instance who uh, he was complaining because his girlfriend wanted to, him, him to cuddle with her, right? Yes, that's his biggest complaint ever. And nobody asks him. He just volunteers this information about his girlfriend, who he's with. She, he's like 20, and she's 16 or something like that. And he's with her because he wants a hole to stick it in. That's That's his sole purpose for being with her. And he doesn't like her, doesn't like her when she opens her mouth at all, but she's an attractive 16-year-old. And he talks all the time, complains, complains, complains about how he just wants to have sex with her, has no interest in cuddling with her whatsoever. You know, that's what I want to know. What is with that attitude? What's with that mentality? It's certainly not going to get you a very very good relationship in the long run. No, and it's not really going to get you more sex in the long run either. They're just gonna. They're gonna close you out. They're not gonna feel comfortable. Yeah, exactly. It has been Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. The authors conclude the study provides evidence that romantic kissing evolved as an adaptive courtship strategy that functions as a mate assessment technique, a means of initiating sexual arousal and receptivity, and a way of maintaining a bonded relationship. It's a good idea. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.